welcome back to Invader Sports Soccer Show. I've I've fouled you. We we didn't come up with the name. <laughs> we'll figure it we're out next closer. week. Yeah, we're we're getting there. The, the creative process is now rolling. But uh, I want to welcome Luke and Adam. How are you guys doing? Hello. Oh, good. How are you? Good. Good man. So Super Bowl was last night, and I actually wanted to talk to you guys about that real quick. Uh, the time difference makes it a late night, but how many people would you say like go out for it? A good amount of people you know and stay out. Yeah. It. Yeah, quite a lot from from what I know. Um, I was out as well. So yeah, didn't get in until 4 a.m. So not always, you know, not the earliest finish, but um the bar I was I was in was was packed full of um not many Bengals or Rams fans, but everyone had on all their different jerseys for the teams they supported and stuff. Um it's getting bigger each year, I think. Even just like you're having people have their own house parties with everyone come round. Um, the collective thing is everyone's taking holiday on the Monday because it is such a late time difference means it's such a late finish. So, yeah. yeah. Well, isn't it, even in the US, isn't it the most called in sick day of the year? Yeah, it is. I, I did when the Eagles won. Um, and then I did again to go to the parade. <laughs> so you got to kind of work with, people you work with like all right i'll take this day you take that day but the cincinnati gave off to all the kids in cincinnati no matter if they won or lost they decided the week before they were going to just give everybody off on monday so i I found that interesting that's not that's not something that happens everywhere i guess because cincinnati's a smaller market they were like screw it we're just going to take off we haven't been to the super bowl in so long let's do it but i was thinking to myself like that is such a late night, and people really just power through and stay out. Something. Yeah, yeah, you got. Uh, <laughs> I mean, to be fair, you don't, you don't like. We were, we got to the bar at like half eight, it's so like a couple of hours before kickoff, so you sort of napping during the day, having as much caffeine as you want. But now nah, we're used to. I think a lot of people in England are used to powering through having late nights. I think, I think as well when you're out, right? When you've got the whole atmosphere of it. It's a little bit different. I think if you're just at home watching it with one or two friends, it's quite easy to be like, your eyes will shut and you kind of just quieten down. But when you're out and it's like a lively bar, you're going to stay up for it, right? So I don't know how you do the, the mapping during the day for it. Though. The majority of the bar, including myself, were cheering on the Bengals. I think yeah, so everyone, I. Wanted the, everyone wanted the underdogs, but uh, clearly not. Yeah, that's interesting. That sounds like a fun night anyway. I mean, it's just like you're buckling down, staying up late. Like there's nothing really here to do that for. So I find that I find that interesting. And I was just wondering if you guys were out for it. Did you guys both watch it? Did you I, watch it? I stayed up to I watched the first half and I watched the halftime show and then I crashed. I'd have I'd I can't speak. I had an early start today, so um and I didn't have the day off. So I, I just caught the first half and the halftime show, which I thought was great. And then I missed the second half. But judging from how you guys have talked about it, I'm not sure I missed too much. Yeah, well, it was a disappointing ending for me. I, I have family in Cincinnati, so I wanted them to win, but just didn't happen. They blew it at the very end. Some poor calls on both sides. You, you don't like when that happens, but mm. oh, well. Now we go on. So let's get into the other football here, shall we? So who wants to go first? Who's got something? I think mine's a nice point to like 
end on. So I okay. think let's, I'll leave someone else to take it. No, all right. All right. Um, Adam. Well, I guess, I guess this, I guess the conversation will probably end up having weekly just because I think now when you look at the relegation battle, it's not really becoming a battle anymore with Newcastle, you know, three wins on the trot, they're pulling away. So it looks like Watford, Burnley and Norwich are going to be the ones to go down. But top four is probably going to be, as well as the title race, if if Liverpool and City can close that gap, or if Liverpool can close that gap to City. But top four is is all to play for. But I think not in a sense of you've got four or five amazing teams. It's almost like you have five teams that are just one of them is somehow going to end up in that fourth spot. I mean, previously, previous seasons, you'd need 80, you know, 70 to 80 points to get um, in the top four. Now it looks like you're going to need, you know, 60 points. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on, you know, who do you think, in my opinion, and I've said it quite, I've said it weeks gone past, I think it's going to be United, but I'm starting to edge towards more Arsenal now because, you know, United can't get any... United, I mean, they can get better. They can't get any worse. But, you know, Burnley and Southampton um, barely been able to take, what, three points. They can't even get a, a win across either. And they've got a tough game tomorrow night against Brighton. Well, my thing with United is it's, you know, you can... I think if it was a coaching situation, you could argue, like you said a couple of weeks ago, Adam, it just takes that one result and then they'll get on a good run. But I think it's it's so obviously the players. I'm not sure how you go and correct that um, before the end of the season, to be honest. Um, so I think I think it's going to be Arsenal. I can't I can't see it being Tottenham. And I think United just like you said when you can't string what is it three one all draws on the trot. Yeah, I mean, if they get if they get top four, it's incredibly lucky. It's not done through merit, I don't think. Um, no, it'll be because the other teams around them. Yeah. Well, Arsenal definitely has the easiest path right now in terms of their games in hand and where they're at. You know, two. Well, actually, they have three games on West Ham in hand, and they're only two points behind. So it is looking like it's theirs to get to that that top four spot, but. I guess I'll stick with my preseason prediction and, and say West Ham's going to take it. Might as well at this point. <laughs> you got Wolves as well, don't? Yeah, they got Wolves a chance. Wolves are coming up. I think they've got two games in hand, I believe. Yeah. And I think if they win both their games in hand, they leapfrog West Ham. Yeah, they would. They would that leapfrog is... them and Arsenal. And actually, if, if Man U wins their next game, because they have one game in hand on West Ham, then they would leap them. So all, all three teams can can leap them in terms yeah. of games in hand. So we'll have to see where that goes. But, I mean, man, you, didn't they just – I hate to say that. Luke, you're a great guy. I hate to bring this up. But, like, didn't they just have a, quote, unquote, easy part of the schedule? Was that the thought process that people thought it would be easier? When I, don't joined. I, I don't know how you want me to answer this. <laughs> Like, yeah, I think when Man United joined, didn't they say it was an easy run? We're going to come but, for. They were looking at second place, second place, saying they were they're going to come for it. They're going to win all their games. Yeah, it's weird. It's man. just it's. Do you know what? 
I'd argue it's harder to watch than Ollie. I'd actually argue it's hard, it's harder. Um, because now, at least before, you, it looks more disjointed now than what it did two months ago, in my opinion. Um, yeah. And I still don't think there's an identity there. I, I disagree with that because, yes, the football's shit. And yes, maybe under Ollie, they had some games where they attacked. I'm not saying Ollie's better, but... by the way. No, no, I know, but I'm saying under Ralph, you haven't had the Liverpool 5, whatever it was, 5-1, 5-0. You haven't had the Man City 2-0, but absolutely dominating. You haven't had the Watford game. You haven't team Man United have been poor, but they're, they're not being, you know, they're being... They're at, not taking their chances. If you yeah. look at the actual... Yeah. I mean, I, I know you can't go completely based on stats, but if you look at the last three games where it's been a one-all draw... It's about not, 70 shots, isn't it? Yeah, it's not it's not that they can't it's not that they can't attack, it's the fact they can't be clinical. And then it's costing them when they're getting the one break. And then you've got Luke Shaw and Maguire in defense, which might as well that's not, not the be the manager's fault. No, I know, but you have to put the, the team is still disjointed, right? But well, I, 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 I think coming into this is the player's fault. I I don't yeah. I do not fully blame Ralph. I don't think anyone could have came in and done this miraculous turnaround in a month and a bit and been like, yep, that's it. All the players are back at their best or anything like that. I think the players are 100% what the fans are turning to now and they're what people are saying, you know, like manager aside, the players need to get their shit in, in line. Um, and then you had the whole thing with Greenwood too, which I'm sure shook up the, the changing room a little bit. So there has been things going on, right? But even still... You're like I, I would have expected Ralph to have come in and for there to be at least some essence of a identity and there still isn't. And maybe that's wishful thinking that it could be done that quickly. But I, I do think it's it's the majority of the players' fault, but I do think you have to look at you know where Ralph is at. And another thing actually bringing into this, because I'm gonna go on a tangent now. Oh. We went for the January, January transfer market, right? And the board did not listen to Ralph at all, which considering this guy is meant to come in and be a consultant as of the end of the season and the board not like listening to him now, that's shocking. And that should be terrifying because even if you, even if you got the team right, there's, there's no hope that they're going to go into the summer you know, and pick out these players that, that the club needs. And you look at, I know people were saying with, with Ralph, you know, it, he, he's not on paper like the guy to bring in, right? Even as an interim, he's not really done, he's not really like won a lot. He was in the Russian league, whatever. But what he did well was picking out these gems. And he even went into the January transfer market, the few players for the board to look at and potentially pick up and they ignored him. So you've picked someone deliberately to be that guy and you've ignored him. See, it's 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 crazy to me. Yeah, hey, and that's got to be frustrating. <laughs> it's got to be frustrating. hundred percent. And to me, it's just like as a, as a fan, you know, I'm not in your shoes, but from the outside looking in, it it just kind of looks like you don't really know. I mean, I know you're a little pessimistic as far as the future, but yeah, you don't you don't really know. Like there's no plan. There's no plan in place exactly. for, for yeah. anything to happen except 
be pessimistic and be like, oh, I guess Ronaldo is going to leave now. So, Adam, do you think he's out? If they don't get top four, then there's, I'd, I'd say, you know, I could see him leaving. If, if they get top four, he'll stay. The fans want him out, which wow. I think is, again, stupid. I, I think that's just Twitter. I don't think that's the proper United fans that want him out. I think that's just social media echoing yeah, a maybe. small bunch of idiots. Um, I think you talk to any real United fan, any real football fan, and they'll tell you one, Ronaldo's not the problem, and two, he shouldn't leave. The reason you're in, the reason you've got next week playing Atletico Madrid in the knockout stages is because of Ronaldo. You know, If he wasn't there, you'd be out of the Champions League and you'd probably be a lot worse in the table than you already are. Oh, no, I agree. Yeah, so I just think that's social um, media idiots. There, there is definitely there is definitely a lot of pessimism, especially going into the summer, because we're not there's there's not one sign, there's not one sign of you know we're going to try and fix this at the moment. It's just the players don't even want to be on the pitch, the managers throwing people under the bus. The board aren't listening to the manager, who's, you know, going to be this future consultant. It's very difficult to pick out the hope from that, you know, but also throwing into that, you know, you've got all of these incredible players that are struggling with form. Look at Ronaldo, who's gone, what, I think his longest goal drought in his professional, is his entire career or is it just in his, in the last however many years? I'm not too sure. I thought it was his career. That's I think I, it, I think it is. I think it is. Um, it's just a mental time. It's it's crazy. Um, but yeah. So yes. I think it will be Arsenal that gets top four to answer your question. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I definitely think they have the best chance for sure. I mean, just looking at that that. West Ham could drop to seventh place if all three teams win their games in hand. That's pretty. That's pretty damning for them. Um, it's still a lot of games to play, relatively, but yeah, I'd say Arsenal has the best chance for sure. I, I think they should do it. That at, at this point, if they don't do it, then it would be kind of kind of an upset. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, okay, so I wanted to ask you guys about. Tuchel, right? So Chelsea win the Club World Cup. And it's kind of funny, like Adam was just talking about on, on Twitter. Some people are like, oh, that trophy doesn't mean shit. I, I think it does. You got to win the, the Champions League to be in that tournament. So I think that's a, a quality trophy to win. And especially, like, you're not guaranteed to win it. So, you know, good on them for winning it. But anyway, he's won in the past year and some odd days, Club World Cup, FIFA, the best coach, Super Cup, and Champions League. Do you think that he will have a long, flourishing career with Chelsea now or that it could no. be a couple more no. years? No? No, no, a couple more years. But, um, but... So go on. I was going to say, he, he inherited, because I've seen this on Twitter as well about people comparing him to Klopp. 
I might be a Liverpool fan, so I'm going to defend Klopp, but you can't compare the two when you look at the team. The team Tuchel inherited. He, you know, he. I mean, don't get me wrong, an amazing achievement to win the Champions League with that Chelsea squad, which I don't think it was the best sort of eleven in that uh, Champions League pool of teams. But it was a pretty strong squad with pretty good players, and they just, um, you know, given Lampard a whole heap of money. Uh, the summer before. So he inherited a strong team and yes, he made them defensively solid and play well. Um, but then again, you looked for him to kick on this season, challenge for the title, went and spent a hundred million on a striker um, who I think they're just not playing correctly. How, you know, there are certain players, the best players you can put into any sort of system and they flourish, but there are certain players who are still, Sort of on that world-class level, which I think the Kaku at certain periods of his career has been, that you need to adapt for them to, to, you know, you need to make them the sort of focal point and fit the players around them, which Tuchel wasn't done and, you know, their league form shown. So, don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm of the same camp that the Cup World Cup is an important trophy. I mean, only two English teams have won it now, Liverpool and Chelsea. Yeah. You know, you still have... you. It, and in both finals, Liverpool and Chelsea have both come up against South, the South American champions and been taken to extra time. So I think that just shows that, you know, at the end of the day, we go, we look to South America for so many players that you know, these teams, they're not, you know, you put them in the Premier League, they'll probably be, you know, they'll probably beat a few teams and be mid-table, you know. So I think that this debate is, is just stupid. Um, but yeah. Basically, I think Tuchel will be there. You know, if he, if he doesn't win the league next season, then he'll get sacked, is, <laughs> is what he has to do. Because that's what Bramovich does. And whether people like it or not, it is effective because that's why Chelsea are the most successful team of the last two decades because Bramovich is a serial winner. And, you know, I was listening to something today about, uh, you know, having a winning mentality and can you buy a winning mentality? And in a way you can because... Since Abramovich took over in 2003, I think it was, he has just instilled that whole club is a winning club. They go through spot, they go through spells of one season maximum of not winning anything, and Abramovich changes it up. So yeah, if Tuchel doesn't win the league or Champions League next season, then in my opinion he'll be gone, and they'll replace him with whoever, whoever at the time is the hot flavour who will come in, win something, and then rinse and repeat. And the thing is, as well, just to add to that, Chelsea's always like I know. I think for, from a manager's perspective, Chelsea's always going to be an attractive team. Which sounds stupid, obviously. They're going to be it's like a massive club in England, but like I think a lot of managers now look at a club like United and think I would not touch that ever. Like it's just a board that's not going to listen. They're not going to give me what I want, and it's going to be an uphill battle to get the players to work. Where Chelsea, I think, is the opposite. Right? If there's a player you want probably going to get him um actual players themselves are much more settled than what you see from united so yeah i think it's just a well-run machine to be honest okay and at the end of the day managers apart from klopp at liverpool guardiola but you see you're cherry picking and you're having to cherry pick managers go into clubs knowing that the end goal is then getting sacked. It happens everywhere. You know, I'm sure, you know, there's only been Wenger and Sir Alex Ferguson 
and Klopp and Guardiola aren't even going to get to that length of period of building that legacy of you know 20 years it just doesn't happen so managers go into clubs knowing they're going to get sacked at least with Chelsea compared to United you go into Chelsea thinking if I'm here for three years but win a Champions League and a Premier League mm-hmm. I'm you know that's success and I'm going to get offered you know getting when you know Conte got sacked from Chelsea it's not like every other top club in Europe looked at him and went, oh no, he got sacked from Chelsea, we don't want him. They all looked at him and went, no, he was successful and then it's Chelsea. So that will happen with Tuchel, he'll get sacked, but then you'll have another big club in Europe look at him and think he was successful at Chelsea and then what happened to every Chelsea manager happened to him. Yeah, I agree. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, All right, another one. So my boy... Diogo Jota, uh, right? He, I love him. He can play any position up front. And I found this stat quite interesting, to be honest with you. Of his 17 goals this year, six with the left foot, four with the right foot, and five headers. Would you say he's the most dynamic player in the league? At the moment, on current form, I don't think you can argue that he isn't. Yeah, in my opinion, I'm not sure you could give me another player at the moment. Nothing, no one comes to mind that is as dynamic as he is. Because I mean, yeah, you're right. He's played on the left wing and he's played up front, and he's he he scores goals. He, he's he's got that knack of being in the right position at the right time. And yeah, like you said, left foot, right foot, and his head. For a guy his size, it amazes me how high he can jump and his yeah. heading ability. Yeah, I agree. He's so fun to watch, man. That was a great signing. Great signing. Luke, would you, yeah, would you no concur one with that? What were we saying? Sorry. We're... I was going to just say, and it's funny that it seemed like no other club was sort of interested in. We just went and bought him. Yeah. Again, another good bit of business we do where we go and get a player that maybe no one's looking at and Klopp just does miracles. Not miracles, but does amazing to turn them into what they become. Luke, would don't. Well, in recent years, I think I'd argue Kaser aside have not really made like that bad signing, right? Where you know how they kind of you kind of look at it where if you buy four, you get four players, you hope three of them work out. Liverpool haven't really had that. Like if you look at let's say the high profile signings that you made, let's not include kind of like I don't know if they've made any like five million pound signings here and fifteen million pound signings there, but like the the big signings, none of them have really turned around to be a flop, which is kind of crazy. Although I think, and I know you disagree, Adam, I think Thiago is massively. Uh, that's just you not knowing football to say yeah. that about Thiago. No, no, it is because <laughs> no, I mean, but Liverpool no, no, fans no, just get excited when he plays like a six yard pass. And like, did you see it's the curve not, on that? It's, you know, look, Thiago. There's no Bruno Fernandes, Adam. When Thiago and Fabinho are in that midfield, they played, I think, 17 games, drawn one, one sixteen. Um Thiago's great for our midfield. He he comes on, he adds that nice bit of spice, he controls his tempo, he plays passes other players can't, he keeps possession of the ball. Yeah, don't get me wrong, if you were to get up his goals and assists, they don't look great, but that's the modern way of thinking about football where you have to talk about players that have got assists and goals because, you know, 
there's a lot of players. One of our best players that we've had in recent history by now, if you look at his goals and assists, they don't look great, but he was so vital to our midfield. So I disagree wholly on that point. That I will just say you don't know about football if you don't rate Thiago. Um, but no, on the Liverpool signings, though, yeah, you are right. They do do good business. And I think, I mean, the only signings we've made, Cater, there is an art. Uh, he's not it's a flop, injury. He's not a flop, but he's not lived up to what we'd all hoped. And then, you know, Minamino, but again, if we bought him for seven million, we'll probably end up breaking it. Breaking even on him, but yeah, no, no, the the you know the big sign is and already you can see with this Luis Diaz, he looks like already a, a Liverpool made player. But the one thing Klopp does that, or Liverpool's a club do that other clubs don't, and you can tell because what you'll notice with Liverpool is there's never any drama. There's never like in terms of outside of football, the players are never in these, uh, you know, news stories etc. It's because because uh, I remember watching a sort of documentary or interview with Klopp and talking about the transfer policy and stuff. And it's about how they they very much, as well as looking at a footballer from his footballing ability, they look at him as a person. So that's why, you, I mean, you'll see a lot of, and, and it, I mean, it is, you see a lot of the Liverpool players that we have, a lot of them are family, they've all, they're, they're family, family people, like already got families that, are, you know, quite a lot of the Liverpool players, whatever religion it is, they are, they are all very religious, like, in a sense, it sort of just builds a picture that Klopp steers away from players that might bring that negative, mm. that negative news. You know, I mean, for example, I use Jack Grealish at City. You know, getting in the news for going on nights out, getting drunk a little bit, not turning up to training on time, etc. We wouldn't sign a Klopp wouldn't sign a player like that because he very much believes in the squad as that one unity. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're sure. so lucky. Oh, do you think you think Adam can answer your question from last week, Luke? I, I've done some thinking on it, and I, I do have an so answer. All about that. Okay, yeah, Adam. I, which, which, uh, how did I word it last week? I'm trying to, because it was the way I worded it as well. But like, which of these people would you be the most sad? Was that, was that the question? Yeah, yeah it was, it was okay, like yeah. that, yeah. Which, which of these three people would you be the most sad to see leave Liverpool? Klopp, Mane, or Salah? Klopp. Oh, there you go. That was easy Much for him. Yeah, yeah I'll Klopp, I'll, I mean, I'll be sad with all three of them leave, but Klopp would be the one that he's just... I mean, that they're, they're all were made for Liverpool, but Klopp, like, where he... You look at the squad he took over from, what he'd done, he turned a fan base that at the time was just negative. There's one quote that when he first joined the club, he said, which was, you need to turn from doubters to believers. And the, the the shift he turned, not just in the team, but in the fan base as well, from from that to being like, we can win anything, we can do this. Yeah. And he's given me some of the best nights I've ever had, like winning that Champions League when I was in Liverpool. It was such a, you know, great night and stuff like that. But yeah, it'll be clock. Yeah, that's, that's my answer too. I, I had to do some thinking on it, but yeah, I would go with him also. I mean, just very, very fortunate to have him right now. So that's my answer. I'm sticking with it. But that was a hard question. Um, all right, Luke, what was your what was your topic there? So I'm bringing it back to United, as okay. as I as I always do. But big question, and it's something we've kind of touched on a little bit, but we've never properly talked about it with it being the main subject of the conversation. 
But Harry Maguire, is he the biggest transfer embarrassment in Premier League history? Ooh. I mean, it's got to be close right now, right? How much was it for? 80 million? 80 million. That's a lot of money. That's more than Virgil. <laughs> He's up there. Yeah. Because I had a thing. I had a thing. And the first, the first one that I kind of rivaled it with was Di Maria. But then I don't think Di Maria was a bad player. I just don't think he worked out at United. So I kind of quickly pushed that one to one side. Um, I, go on. I think in a sense he is in a sense that no one would have Di Maria was not when United signed Di Maria it wasn't a why they spent they didn't spend that much money I don't think he was that expensive either um, 60, I think he was 65 or 70 oh, I will um, no I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure he was like 38 rings a bell but anyway that doesn't matter. what I mean is I'm pretty sure Rings a bell, but I might be wrong. But anyway, what I mean is when they bought Di Maria, it was very much like they're buying one of Real Madrid's most underrated players at the time. He was really underrated. With. He produced so many moments for them and was Sorry, appreciated. You are, you are right. Sorry, Karen. 38, yeah. Um, so when they bought him, it was very much like that's a good signing. And then it didn't work out. But that, like you said, is more to do with whether he suited the style, the manager at the time, etc. I think with with Maguire, and then you, some people will point straight away to when Chelsea spent fifty million for Torres, um, which was at the time the you know British transfer record. Again, although he was out of form, that still made sense. Chelsea needed the striker, and if they could have reignited, which they didn't, if they could have reignited the old Torres that he was at Liverpool, then they would have it would have been a brilliant signing. Um, whereas with Maguire, I don't know anyone that when, yes, that's the defender they need and that's how much they should pay for him. I do. I know one one person, and his name's Mark Goldbridge. Apart and from Mark, yeah. <laughs> it was only because, because I, I remember the argument so well, because it was between Ruben Diaz and Maguire. And actually, it was a, it was a couple of people on the fan channel, and they were saying, Ruben Diaz, yeah, he's good, but how hilarious is that now to think about? Uh, Ruben Diaz, yeah, he's good, but Maguire's Premier League proven. Mm. And now look at both of them. The thing is, that would have a that would have its point if Maguire was also. You looked him when he is also a good player, like Maguire. Do you know, do you know what it was for me? Because I sorry to interrupt you, but I have to say this because this to me was was the reason I thought about this. There was a point. There was a point when when did they play? Was it? It was like, was it yesterday or the day before? Sorry, my days are all over the place. Um, anyway, when they played, there was a point where the ball was entering the box and it was like chest height, right? And instead of, you know, chesting it down and playing it out, he he purposely like made himself small, smaller and tried to head it. And I just think, I don't know anyone or any defender that's like top half of the table starting centre-back that has like that mentality if they can only use their head, they can't just chest it, control it, take it down and pass it out. And then there was another moment um, where he was, I think De Gea passed the ball out to him and he looked scared shitless, right? Against Southampton, looked scared shitless. Pass it to Varane. 
And Varane can't, you know, Varane's five yards away from him. So Varane's passed it back to Taha. It's like the most pointless, the most pointless movements and passes and decisions. I can't understand how any player, let's take the 80 million salary, the transfer fee out the side. I can't think of anyone that's in the top half team-wise how their starting centre back could just do just look so scared being on the ball. It's mental to me. He looks like a Burnley defender. Like with Burnley, how they're playing this season, he looks like he should be in that team and maybe not even starting. So this is this is what I meant earlier when I when I said I don't know what their plan is. It's it's stuff like this, right? So what happens with them? We can't sell him. How are you right. going to sell him? Yeah. You price so yourself what, out of that. Do you think he's a lost cause? Oh, yeah. No. The thing is, I'd argue there'd be a, like a redemption path if he was not the captain. The fact he's the captain and in the last three games, instead of just owning up to the mistakes he's made, I think in two of the games he's come out and said, we need to be more clinical, Right. How about just do your job, right? Say, you know, I could I could have done this better. I could have done that. Because the thing is, when you've got your, your meant to be your captain of United coming out and saying, you know, pushing the blame, who's to stop everyone else in the club from doing the same? And then you've just got this merry-go-round of everyone trying to blame, the, blame, blame each other. He makes mistakes, just own up to it. Him and Luke, him and Luke Shaw are the cause of a lot of goals that go in. And De Gea has been great this season. If we had last season's De Gea, or the season before's De Gea, I can't, I can't even bear to think how many goals we, we would have conceded. So it's only because of De Gea that I think Maguire doesn't look as bad as he actually is. And he still looks shit. Man, that's tough. It's true though, right? Yeah. I'm just trying to think what they could do. They're going to have to... You bench him. Yeah, you're going to have to bench him. Play Lindelof, and then in the summer, you're gonna have to start again. You know, you're gonna have to start again. You got to bring in someone, or try and bring in someone. Everyone knows they can have United over now. Yeah. So you got to try and bring in a centre back, realistically, to play alongside Varane, someone that's dynamic. Um, it made no sense to me why Canate was not on United's list. Um, I think that along or him alongside um, Varane would have been just what they needed that offered a little bit more of a, a ball playing defensive pair. Um, so you need to go and buy another center back now. Um, you still need to buy a number six, potentially need to buy a Pogba replacement and you need to get a striker. That's four players. That's four minimum four players. You have to go and get in the summer. And now- none of them are going to be cheap. That's that's the thing. So, would you rather do a find where you're taking, you know, kind of rolling the dice, maybe, maybe get two or pl- three players for cheap, or would you rather go for someone like Delit, who's been rumored to to be out of uh, Juve soon? No, I heard rumors about um, Akanji from from Dortmund. I think okay. Delit's going to be too expensive. Um, yeah, he will be. I think I think Delit's going to be too expensive. I know you could argue. He's what, 21, 22? He's going to be your centre-back for the next 10 years. So it's worth it. 
And I get that mentality. I think he's just going to be too expensive. And I think there's bigger issues for United to focus on. I think, you know, if you could go and get Delict for, it's going to be minimum 70 million, right? In relation to like, if they're saying you paid 80 for Maguire, you're looking at minimum, absolute minimum 70. So if you're paying that, you still need to go and get a number six. And if anything, number six is where you really need to spend the money now. Um, I, kind of, as I said, last time Adam was on, I'd love Frankie de Jong with the manager that makes sense to have someone like that, obviously. Um, so then, you know, that's already two players and you're looking at what probably the best part of 150 million minimum. You know, I said they got, you know, they have to go after a striker again. You're probably, even if you went for some youngster, you're not looking at less than 30 million. You know, before you know it, you're still in need of another centre mid and you're already racking up 200 million. And the speed that United do business as well, you, there is no way, and without goings, I should mention, so without goings, bringing in these high-profile players, there's no way they get all of this done. No way, especially not with their, with their staff. Um, so I think United fans have every right to be pessimistic and in a sense hopeless because they just understand how the club work they can't do business and they can't do it efficiently even when they do it so it's gonna it's gonna be really tough and I think if Pog believes it's like I said another position to fill yeah and it just becomes a very difficult battle and they've got to still shift some of these players out but I don't know what's going to happen to Maguire. I think he just sits on the bench, and then when his contract is up, he goes somewhere else. But man, that's crazy. Adam, would you agree? I think yeah, with Maguire, it's it's, it's almost because of how much they bought him for, and because of him being the captain, it's almost more of an. I don't think it's that they they can if they sell him like if they were to sell him and team probably pay however much 30 40 million half of what they bought i don't think it's the fact that they you know obviously they probably do care but i don't think it's the fact that manchester united are like we can't do that we can't lose that money i think it's more of a a uh pr embarrassment hmm. that they bought a player made him captain made him the most expensive defender and then sold him a few years later for half the price and that will be the issue with any manager coming in. They'll get a manager and, you know, as Ralph has already, you know, it's been reported, he has you know, said to the higher-ups at United that he is not good enough. You know, any of these other top managers, they're going to basically be coming and told, you have to have this centre-back. We can't get rid of him. So that, that that's another issue that United are going to have. Um, and this, Sorry, go on. No, no, that, I was just going to say that's an issue. They're going to have a... Again, it's going to be a manager coming in not really being able to have full control of the squad. And that brings us back to the difference between a club like Chelsea. Yeah. You know, where you've got... Yeah, when you look at Chelsea, there's, yeah, there's no real... You know, Tuchel is not pressured to play any... Like, look, they've, bought, look, they've spent 100 million on Lukaku. If he wants to bench him, he benches him because all Abramovich wants is, is the win. Whereas at United, it's almost like... No, we can't also be we can't be seen to spend money and then bench a player because he's not good enough because then it looks like we don't know what we're doing, even though everyone thinks United don't know what they're doing because they don't. Yeah, it's, it's a mess. It is a mess. Yeah. But I don't know. It's going to have to be. Uh, the thing is, I I genuinely think even with a a very good summer, I I would not, you know, get to September 
September, sorry, and sit here and be like, I think we can go, <laughs> we can go for the title. Like I think mentally they're that far away. Yeah. Even with the most ideal summer possible. Ugh. Sorry. <laughs> That's I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for Adam to tell me I'm wrong. No, no. I think you're right on that one. Can you say that again? Uh, you're, you're right now. United are the new Liverpool. <laughs> well, maybe one day we'll oh, get yeah. on the clock. Five, year, five years without a trophy. You know, five years turn into 10 years, turn into 20 years. Yeah. Because you don't see, you know, it's not just that United need to rebuild a team with a new manager. No, it's, it's also it's, it's everything. But even after that, even if you were to change all of that, it's that you're still going to have City, Chelsea, Liverpool, um, Arsenal if they get top potentially four and Newcastle spend. in a and couple then, years. Yeah, but that's what I mean. By the time you by the time United sort their mess out, you'll then have Newcastle uh, yeah, yeah, would have yeah. just arrived. So it's going to be very difficult. The one thing United have for them, they will always have is that their their brand. I hate to have brand in the same, you know, for, talk about football and say brand, but the name, the brand means that they won't go away. They will eventually, it's similar to Liverpool. Liverpool never went away. They got crap, but eventually, it took 20 years, but eventually they come back because they were able to live off the the name, the atmosphere, everything for, for that mm. period of time and still win stuff here and there, but not, not really. Um, so United will be able to live off that for a lot. Like they'll always be Manchester United in 10, 15 years. It'll still be the Manchester United. So they will get there eventually, but it'll probably take quite a long while. Yeah. All right. Oh, well, well what it is. <laughs> you never know. You never know in sports. Look at the Bengals. They suck last year and then they're in the Super yeah. Bowl. So <laughs> you never know. But um, all right. Do you guys have anything else? I'll pretty much do it. Yeah, Just quick it. fire, quick fire. PSG or Real Madrid? Who's winning? I'm going with Real Madrid. Real Madrid. I'm say Madrid. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Mbappe hat trick in bound. And I, I think Pochettino will be canned after this. After if they this don't match. get through. Yeah. I, I, I reckon they'll give him the second leg. Yeah. Right. Like, see if yeah. They... Yeah. Yeah. Well, as um, long as he doesn't join United, I'm happy. If he joins United, I, I he might. He might. That's uh, that's one of the names I'm hearing. Yeah, I think Ten Hag is the favorite right now. Okay, I mean, I I I think that'd be a smart choice to be honest with you. So, hopefully, you guys can grab grab your guy. But all right, we got Champions League uh, action coming up this week, so we'll be back next week to talk about that. Go over the games, see if uh, who we're thinking is going to take this thing. And uh, a lot of fun games coming up, man. Adam, are you going to be excited on April 9th when we play City? Is that going to be anything to play for or what? If we can – game against Burnley, that was a 1-0 win against Burnley. To be fair, though, actually, this is what annoyed me as well. It, it, people made out that Burnley had loads of chances, but um, I, f- I can't remember the exact number, but it's like the most offsides the team's had in a game this season. Um, I think even when you look at the, with the way football's uh, done now, with the whole, even if it's offside, the ref doesn't flag till the play's done. Um, if you look, if you were to look at the league table this season, I think, you know, you've got the team that are in second on 30 and then Liverpool on like 70 offsides, not them being offside, them um, yeah. playing the other the other team offside. So it looks like we give, we give away a lot of chances, but in reality, 
Um, we didn't. But to your point, if we can, you know, we've got Norwich and Leeds next two wins. We just need to get to, we need to get to Man City with that six point gap still intact. Yes, yes. Or, or fewer, or fewer, you never know. Or, or fewer, but that's going to rely on them dropping points, which... Right, exactly. I, I don't know. Yeah. We've got a final before then anyway, so let's, let's look forward to that. Yeah, true, true. Um, yeah. All right, you guys have a great right. week, and we will see yeah. you next time, hopefully with a name. We'll see. All see right. you later. I hope so. See you later. Oh, thank you.